Creative Connectors, a podcast for curious minds. My name's Vicky Keeler, and I'll be chatting to the makers and creators who aim to connect and inspire through the platform of festivals. We'll be delving into how they show up in the world, why they do what they do, their journey, inspiration, and everything in between. So sit back and enjoy the chat, because who knows where these conversations are going to go. And if this is your kind of podcast, please subscribe, follow, share with friends, and get involved and give some feedback. In today's episode, I'm going to be speaking to Grigori Karokich. He is otherwise known as VDMO, as an artist. So welcome to the podcast, and thanks for coming on for a chat. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you so much, Vicky. How are you today? I am great, thank you. I think maybe if we could kick off and you could explain where your artist name comes from and what type of artist you are so that our listeners have a bit of an understanding about all that you do. Um, Great question. Thank you so much. Um, So starting from the name that I um, call myself Vidimo, um, historically I've founded Many, many years ago, close to 20 years ago, um, I was contemplating names that I could set my ship forward with. And I created um, a concept which comes from Russian, which means, uh, uh, seems to be right now, that translates as Vidimo Kstati. So there's a combination of two words. Vidimo is what you see, and Kstati is by the way right now. So this is a combination of those two things. As a primal focus, I always wanted to look for things that I can create in the moment. You know, there's an evolution to the thought of this, yet coming to this realization was my initial steps towards taking this journey and I'll keep pursuing it as I go. I love the yeah representation or meaning behind obviously your artist name. And mm-hmm. I know that you often refer to yourself as a visual Jedi. Do you want to explain to our listeners exactly what that means okay so um for those people that may not know um vj is a term that is um generally represented by um those people that create music uh, create visuals in the moment um so you see you see such artists perform at festivals nightclubs um um, showcases and shows everywhere in every category and different genre of music or arts. Um, so um, in, um, in a joking matter, we've taken on uh, Visual Jedi because it represents what we do. Um, the combination of tools and skills you, you need to create such magic in visual form um, does encompass um, technology and creativity and real-time flow. And so Visual Jedi seems to be a good name for it. I That's how it. I think it. I think it's a, I think it's just the best name ever for a job. What are you? You're a visual yeah, Jedi. Well, <laughs> you got to pick what you got what you love. So exactly, exactly. And so, where did your journey with visuals and music? Where did it all begin? Um, well, one thing I, I will say is that um, my journey in this industry has been. Even before I was a VJ, um, for many years prior to this, I was working as a promoter, um, living in Queensland and studying my career in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I can refer this question in a, in a di- different format and try to go from 
looking at it um, from events' point of view before I got to visuals because there's a journey in this, I think. What yeah, do you think? Yeah, go for it. I okay. want to hear all the journeys. Okay, so the journey... Um, the journey was probably... From the day, from the from the time when I come to Australia, I think this is where it begins. Um, so, I, for those that do not know, I, I was born in Russia originally, um, in a place called Moscow. You might have heard of. Um, my life uh, until then, till 16 years old, I was living there. And um, earlier on, I was involved in arts. Um, I was always keen drawer, um, explored technology as, as as early as I could. Um, got a lot of uh, interest in computer science and mathematics so a lot of these things they they kind of been brewing as a foundation to um, me, me arriving to Australia when when I did arrive in Australia um, we, we ended up living in a place called Rockhampton um, there was a university town um, and uh, I, I got plonked in that space and I had to figure out um, what's exciting because the cultural shock was um, very steep. You know, you, you come from, you know, major capital city in, in um, Eastern European country and then you, you go into regional country town with uh, super hot weather all the time. So the culture shock was quite interesting. And from that point on, I started looking for things that... Um, would activate my, my mind, you know. So um, very soon I realized that music industry was something that I was gravitating towards. Um, I've looked at um, opportunities to come into the industry uh, from various different angles. Um, my initial introduction to it would probably come at um, public, public publicity, publicist and promoter of events um, point of view. Um, at that time, Rockhampton had a lot of interesting um, events going on in the rock, ska, punk scene. And there was a really healthy culture in Australia across the board from Cairns to Byron Bay. There was always so many events happening. And I, I got immersed in this and started learning from mu music industry point of view on, on how this thing operates in Australia. This is going a couple of years into being, being in Australia overall. And, and so um, move forward a couple of years um, down the track and I end up coming to Brisbane for the first time and I realized that there's a, another dimension of musical um, output there, that there is called electronic music. Um, so I've, I remember coming to this venue called um, Beat, which is an absolute institution in Brisbane. And seeing DJ operate two turntables and completely destroying the dance floor. And I was thinking to myself, well, that beats dealing with the band and seven-piece band and a drummer, you know. <laughs> let, let's, let's look at this option. Um, go forward, um, I moved to Mackay, which is another um, city away from Rockhampton, 300 kilometers, for those that do not know. When I moved to Mackay, I realized that I want to try something completely different to where I was and what I've seen and what I want to explore and my intentions was to seek representation of such electronic music in a format that was fresh um, and so my research in this field began and um, I worked towards organizing events, um, making a small community first and growing it. Um, that was based in Mackay. 
followed on to other regional parts, um, Ellie Beach and Townsville. So my, my, my journey began in, in those days where I would create events and try to educate people on electronic music genres, um, like, like house, electro, tribal, hot trance, hot style, techno, drum and bass later. So all, all these genres we were coming, bringing together for the community in, in Mackay, Queensland. At that time, interestingly to note, um, that region was booming. Like there's a lot of interesting people flying in from across the, the world and the country to work in different industries and skilled professionals who enjoyed what they do, like electronic music in, in, in general, and we would create events together. So I guess this is the foundations to my journey in this, in this space. Um, as, as I went forward, I, I was uh, studying at university, doing multimedia. Um, this subject is really close to me. Um, part of what I've done was also to publish a lot of um, news and like a media releases about what's happening in the world of electronic music in Queensland. So years later, there was a formation of the community called Milk, which um, we, we call Milk Community Online. Milkcommunity.com, I do still believe, exists on web archive. Um, so there's a lot of log of history. As we move forward, um, uh, I was looking forward to introduce different aspects to our events. So we would add lights, obviously, and then as we progress forward, I would create um, installations for different shows we ran. But my, my intention was to to build my own my own live shows, you know. So that was the kind of the goal. Um, this is also coincides with the point I made earlier, how I came up with the name uh, Vidimok Stati. So the idea was to to look for things that you make in a moment. So you you come to a show, and whatever information or sound or vibration comes to you, you you translate it and you turn it into visual representing what's happening. So this is the the main idea. So this is my art. This is what I I think is what I do. You know, I look at um, situation now and I translate it. Beautiful. So it's a life translation Jedi work, yeah. You know. And during your journey, moving from promoter to then being more of an artist within your own right and, and actually showcasing work, as you mentioned, at events, were there mm -hmm. any key people or places or spaces that inspired you, um, you took inspiration from, or were pivotal in shifting your journey in that direction? Wow, um, absolutely. There is a lot of places, a lot of people, a lot of inspirations here. Um, where do we begin? Um, oh my goodness. Um, so, <laughs> We, we can I think my, my, my best approach to this would be to say that the events we ran there were in multiple venues in Mackay and every single one of them thinking back is important I, I don't think I would discount anything um, every every warehouse party every outdoor get together every club night or every smallest room we could find in the back of some club just so we can fill the room up every one of them played a part um, as far as people there's absolutely that I guess I would summarize it as a milk community as a whole. The, mm -hmm. There are 20,000 people that were at one stage on, in a membership. So every single person played a part. You know, every contribution, 
every point of support and you know, passion. It's, it's, it all plays a part. We can be inspired by so many different things. Um, obviously, milk community grew to quite a size. And I know that community and sharing knowledge is something that still rings very true for you in what you're doing now. Is mm -hmm. that something that I guess has just always played a part in whatever you want to do? It's always been about bringing people together, whether that's in a physical format or within mm. online communities. My, my, my feeling is that this works for me. I'm not sure about other people. However, whenever I look at subjects that interest me and I research and um, dive into them, the process of sharing the, what you find is, is very encouraging and fulfilling. This is my opinion. Um, whenever I, I find information, I'm generally so excited that I want to share it. You know, So over over a long, long time, I've been using this philosophy for myself into communities that I uh, start and maintain. So the more I share, the more I gain. Um, through sharing, you, you get your audience, and audience uh, gives you feedback. Sometimes you can ask a question or put a pro proposal forward and say, this is a great idea, what do you guys think? And people are like, no, this is, this is not good, this is better. And you go, oh, so this is, this is definitely better. And you, within a moment, you, you learn something on the same subject from another point of view, which is better. So I guess this is my, my, my philosophy and the way I approach my, um, my growth and development in some way. You know? Nice. And are there key areas that you take inspiration from or key areas you like to go hunting for okay. information and education? Um, my thinking is that largely, I, for the last few years, I've been largely focusing on new, new media technology and tools that um, allow you to create visuals. So on a weekly basis I would write articles and blogs on for VJ Union community um, which are covering the updates on features that are coming up that allow you to make something in much more interesting way or uh, interactivity that you can add through one tool connecting to another or hardware that you can incorporate or um, I don't know how, how to make things in virtual reality, how to do put things on the web, how to stream, how to um, prepare for the show. So I guess this is a pool of information that, that is commonly plays on the mind of a VJ. So as, as VJs who are the audience of the community, they come together, they, we share all these subjects and this is what you know, floats our boat, I guess. And so it's quite a collaborative industry, you would say? Um, intentions is definitely to be collaborative as much as possible. Um, the, the community itself is large, yet I feel it's um, it's an in it internal core that is growing further and further. So collaboration is high. I, I definitely say that. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of positive people coming together and sharing um, and spreading the knowledge, which is what makes us grow as a whole. So I think that's important to note. Yeah. And has the industry, I would imagine, shifted quite significantly over 
the years that you've been in Australia because of technological developments? This is a absolutely um, astronomical subject because uh, like Lord of the Rings, this has got sagas, you know. So every five years, you'd, you'd have a major, major shift change in the way technology is seen, presented. Um, that I think this is a very much on point. But every five years, in my opinion, every five years, I definitely see major change. So we can track back, let's say, 20 years of my mm -hmm. history with the visuals. Um, so when I started out back in, so this is like early 2000s, um, for example, we technology we had then, computers, etc. they weren't able to play large files as we have now. So people would bust out the clips that were 320 by 240 uh, in pixels width, so tiny little things, and we would put them on projectors and think that was awesome, you know? So this is, and, and now we're working with 4K, 8K, yeah, and wow, going into so uh, virtual realities and uh, augmented realities. So the, the, the transition that has happened in, in this time is absolutely tremendous, you know? Everything has grown gradually, and like I said, every five years, there would be major leap change. There would be additions of uh, more processors, more RAM, uh, more amazing software. Um, you know, the new technologies emerging for sharing content between applications and over the network. Um, I would like to mention projects like Siphon, Spout, and technologies like NDI would come to play that, that have dramatically changed our industry for visuals because it allows people now to share the visual output from one application to another, and it's, it's very powerful. Um, I guess this is this is what um, is definitely on the tip of the tongue at this mm. point. Yeah, right. And and your visuals, you know, there are definitely VJs that, or visual Jedis, I should say, that <laughs> create artworks that are pre-planned, um, but I know that you approach it where it is, as you mentioned, very in the moment and it's completely unique. So with mm -hmm. your process, because mm -hmm. it's so in the moment, how does that how does that creative process look? Because do you plan a lot or do you have just certain concepts in mind? I'm keen for you to share yeah, how you approach your craft. Okay, okay, that's a good question. Um, my my approach, I guess, if if you can take a concept of uh, training, like in fitness, being a sports person, um, you you for example, you spend time doing exercises, doing push ups, sit sit ups, and do some runs, you know, on a regular basis for you to maintain your level. Um, mm -hmm. In a similar way, I feel with visuals, if you practice your your craft, you should also do the same in, in terms of your craft in preparation for the shows that you do. So whenever you you know go through day-to-day -day life, you, I think as an artist, you should always push push yourself daily and create something every day. This is as simple as that. It doesn't have to, you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours, even half an hour of your creative work is is good enough to sort of keep, keep afloat. What that does, it keeps your mind at a certain level, which um, something you need to do um, to upskill yourself and keep evolving, you know. So, mm. like on my on my regular day-to-day -day practice, I would 
create hundreds of pieces of art in digital, like in a, in a still format. I'd make a few dozen in motion format. I'd write some shaders. Shaders, for those that don't know, it's a code that can turn be turned into visuals. Um, I experiment experiment with different techniques from one application to another. I, I adjust certain things and trying to see how um, the tools that I build can be audio responsive. So this is a, lo a big focus of, of mine. So pretty much every tool that I use has got audio responsive elements. So whenever music happens, the visuals respond in a way to what's happening. So and then you, you like a magician, you you catch those audio parameters and you assign them to certain aspects that respond to the sound that's coming in, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, that makes so sense. this um, preparation for shows in particular, I guess it's a practice. You know, I d like I, I said, I do not, you mentioned this point correctly, I don't actually plan specific entire show to a T rarely. Like it's a most unusual exception when it happens. Mostly it's all on the fly. Um, I, I, like I, but I do train myself in, in creativity on the fly. So I, because of my ongoing practice, it helps me to come up on the, um, with the solutions to represent the moment really quickly, you know. And the more you practice, the better you'll become. Um, yeah, mate. That's my, Amazing. That's, that's my feeling. Mm. Yeah, because I, I can imagine some artists or just people in general could have slight heart palpitations thinking about having to do so much on the fly. But like you say, if you are practicing and then it becomes mm. kind of second nature. It's almost like being in a constant flow state of creativity. And That's I, exactly right. That's and exactly I, and right. I fully align on, um, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day, about mm -hmm. everyone is creative. It's just about mm -hmm. how often you flex your creative muscles. And That's exactly right. Yeah, like Agreed. you are, I would describe as a creative, even in the sense of how someone might traditionally think, or be, even though you're kind of creating in um, digital forms, a lot of people associate creativity with drawing or um, mm -hmm. painting or dancing or traditional arts, shall we say. But mm -hmm. creativity in essence is really problem solving and thinking about um, things in, in different ways or paving mm -hmm. a new path or doing things differently. And so often we don't talk about creativity as, yeah, a muscle that everybody has that you can flex and you can um, improve it just by doing different types of creativity. One, one, thing, one point I'd like to note is sometimes people would like to talk about something that they want to do. While you putting that energy in the first place, might as well put it into creativity as you, as you do it, talk about it. Mm. So that's this is my philosophy as well. If, for example, if um, we want to create a picture of a monkey, I can give you seven hundred different ways on how we can do this really quickly, you yeah. know, and how we can turn this monkey into a visual object, and how we can apply this object to hundred different genres in the way we make it feel to the audience, to the eyes, you know. So there's, there's a science behind all of this, but rather than talking about it, like. I'd be making it right now talking to you if this was a live show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and this is, this is important practice. You know, people should not have fear about um, wanting to try something. You know, th there are certain constructs in industry that people are familiar with. And familiarity is, um, you know, you, you can 
polish your skills to be exceptional in a certain familiarity level. However, if you just lock yourself to this one particular stream, you miss out on a lot of other possibilities. So my recommendation to anyone is to always try things out. You know, do not, do not have fear about it. Just dive in and start swimming. Day after day after day, by the, by the end of the week, you'll be much, much better than you were a week before. There are many artists out there that um, I appreciate because I see the, the concept of creativity doesn't even come from recorded medium. There's no recorded medium. Everything is basically your ability to trigger certain systems that allow you to get vibrations that you adjust to the to synchronicity of sound and you put it out. And this is beautiful. When I think about music, I think the same way, um, but I do apply it to, to visual because that's my focus. That's, mm. that's mm. Legit, great advice, definite great advice. And yeah, even just prior to us starting this recording, we were talking about letting go of perfection and, and not worrying about that. And I guess in the way in which you create, that's so true because you have to almost relinquish some element of control um, I, will, I will say one thing. My my viewpoint is that our minds, everyone's got their own perception and their own point of view. Um, we, we work and we come together. Uh, by working, I mean the creative people that bring events forward from on in, in many different parts of the world and Australia. Everyone brings the energies and they, they bring the skills and, and they we cultivate communities, you know, we cultivate communities and we create experiences that enrich us, uplift us and connect us. You know? Everyone who comes into the, to the space to enjoy the show, they have their own experience in a way. As, as, a, as a visual artist, we, we present visual information for them to see. Um, but as you what you see as individual, you actually create your own additions to what you see. All we do is give you a trigger. And our brain is so powerful that it is forgiving enough to to merge it all together no matter what. And this is mm-hmm. a really important thing for people to, to learn if they're taking a journey of visual arts. You know, um, you, you, We're simply creating a trigger which um, triggers something within everyone. You know? And that's that's what we do. Well, that's the beauty of art as well. It's the beauty of art. It's the uh, open to interpretation by the eye of the beholder. That's correct. I really like the point. Because no one, even though you present art in a certain way, you can't or don't have any control over how that is interpreted by somebody else because they've obviously had a completely different life to you and different experiences to you and Mm -hmm. maybe in a different mindset to you right in that moment. So it's always going to be interpreted in a slightly different way for anybody who's even on the same dance floor. Absolutely. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. But But when we come together, it actually creates its own uniqueness part and it's beautiful as well. Do you have artists that you work with who come to you with a specific brief on I want to convey a certain visual a certain feeling um, or do you generally pitch an idea to them or yeah how does that work in terms of collaborating with artists who are creating the music that you are putting the visuals to um, here's, here's, here's an interesting point of view I'm not sure if people understand this fully um, 
the VJs are really uh, full Jedi's because many many times we work at events where we don't even know what the music will be. So our interpretation literally comes as life as life can get. So mm -hmm. you can come to a festival. You you work you're working from midnight till six o'clock on your slot. And you you jump on. Um, DJ comes along. They drop the beat and you respond. So preparation to some events can happen, and there are events that do require this. And you uh, occasionally work with um, very special special like a full integrated show. However, the visual Jedi people, they, they really make um, things on the fly. So. so what have been some of your highlights along the journey? I'm sure there's been many, but are there any key ones, any key highlights that really stand out for you over the years? Key highlights from events point of view, you're talking? Yeah, just where you've been able to showcase your work, those moments that you will look back on and reflect on and just remember as very poignant moments in your career? There are absolutely so many. Um, my mind is like like a, like a blowing up a balloon. It just keeps growing <laughs> as I'm thinking about it. The more I think about it, the bigger pick it gets one. in my mind. <laughs> Everyone can picture this in their mind right now. Um, so for, for 20 years of my career, I'd say within every five years, I would say there would be at least 10 outstanding shows. So if even if we cover... Um, like the most outstanding, the ones that meant something. We're talking forty events. We, we can try to do it one per minute if we have twenty minutes to go. <laughs> Even if you give me one or two. One or two. Okay. Um, what makes an outstanding let, 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 show? Let's, for kick you? It, let's think. Let's kick things off from the foundation of it. The very first show. Okay. Let's yeah. let's get that out of the way. The first ever <laughs> show was for an event that um, I ran myself. And that was anniversary gig, which was in Mackay Entertainment Center. It was our third, uh, third. Um, it was our third anniversary, and I spent over ten months preparing for that VJ gig. And, oh wow! And li literally, I don't think I, I. And the crazy part is, everything that I've learned in ten months um, would be fifty percent of what I've learned in the two days after, two days before the event. It was a most insane, like a growing learning creative experience that I've ever had where you're coming into the this art form with not knowing anything because you've never done it. There was no one to ask how to do it. And you had to figure out everything on the fly. Um, God, God brought me some angels that helped me in the last minutes with some technical support, which was like absolutely amazing. And I thank people that were there for me. Um, th this this event was uh, outstanding for me. I, I played a show. I realized that I still had a lot more in me as far as content that I prepared, which made me happy. And after playing the whole show, I, I, I'm like, I think I got this. I think I know what's happening now. And so from that point on, it was a roller coaster. You know, the, the foundations to the community that was already in place, Meal Community, um, gave me access to a lot of promoters that were part of my network for many years. And we worked together and we got, got to know each other and became friends. Um, helped me to take further steps in, a, in that regard, you know. I've started to fly to Brisbane, to Cairns, um, Sunshine Coast, Townsville, Magnetic Island. And this was within the first year and then things went on further. And I would start playing in New Sydney and later in Victoria and Melbourne, etc. 
So that, that was part of my journey. As far as the events that are really outstanding, I think the ones that I really like that, that captivate me, I, I think, would be the ones where you collaborate with other artists um, mm-hmm. in, in, in the festival settings. And generally, those events, they last more than a day. It's not one day event. It's more like multi-day events with uh, multiple VJ artists working together. In some combinations, you can have absolutely brilliant time. You can make magic, um, especially when two hearts and minds align and the creative bubbles flow together. Uh, it's magic. You know, you, 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 you achieve a greatness and you're so happy about the whole process. You know? I guess these types of events stand to me. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure um, many people might have remember um, Esoteric a few years back. We had a few different themes working with with Jorg Taz, if, if people know him, was incredible. For three years, we did shows in a row. That was absolutely great. Uh, I remember working at um, Big Red Bus at Rainbow Serpent for over a decade. Um, that was absolutely like a family vibe experience, you know, where you work with so many beautiful people. Andy Simpson, Javier, um, Tim, the whole, the whole lot. Uh, everyone was so good. As if that was a big, big, big part of it. Residencies, his big red bus, machine, um, also come to mind. Um, they were also fantastic for um, my 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 upskilling and growth. Um, there's so many. I'm just trying to think. In, in, I mean, international experiences also. I, I can I can go and talk about many other shows. Um, playing in Europe has been also fantastic. I would like to give a shout out to my dear friends in Berlin. Resorb crew, uh, Stefan, John, everyone, uh, they're, they're my family that have helped me grow and uh, gave me opportunities in a creative space, doing cr- crazy art. Um, there's so many others. Um, Has there ever been a... And because it's live, do you, do you ever... I'm assuming you do this, but I guess I should ask the question. Mm-hmm. Do you watch back recordings of your work to review what you've done and potentially evolve it for the future or not no <laughs> mm, not, <laughs> not as much a, no no, no I, not not so much i don't think like I, I to some degree yeah it's 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 a quick glance um but it's um like i said the the the, the stuff that i create is is for the moment Mm. So looking back at that moment is almost like looking at photograph, you know, it's like saying, oh, I wish I could take this photograph better. You can't change it, first of all. So and it's not the, the, it's not a, the tip of my mind to change it. I, I, I know what I can learn from it. Yes, there is that. You can look at something and go, oh, that, you know, th- I, I liking what I was doing with this technique, you know. I should have assigned like a soften to be 0.452 rather than 0.453. You know that happens. <laughs> We're talking technical, so specifics, and in, in configurations that you can put forward. So, uh, but I don't generally don't think too much about it. Like, for example, um, the people think of visuals as playing video. Um, I don't play video as much as people realize. Um, a lot of systems that I work with, they actually don't have video, like not not as much video as you think. Uh, they're real time systems. They run on code and node-based systems, um, running shaders. So those shaders have ability to listen to the sound that's coming in 
and uh, that interprets the, the the visual to to suit the mood per se. So I guess that's where I, I'm mostly interested in thinking about how I design a system that can listen to what's happening better rather than how can I review what I've just played as a recording, which becomes a really large file. And you know, if you if you consider how many shows we we, we do. If you do a recording of every show, you'll have no. You, you'll need like a library of, you know, fifty computers. Like you need to like buy Google. You know, what I mean, like that's how much we output sometimes. So, so it's very much the technology really that helps you to evolve your craft and understand how you can push your own boundaries. Absolutely, that's that's what I think as well. Yeah, you nice, nice. Lots of highlights obviously along the way what have been some of the biggest challenges or biggest things that you've learned about your industry or even yourself challenges um are we talking in in life around us or in the industry itself <laughs> you can <laughs> use this podcast to share whatever you like <laughs> um okay um Challenges, challenges, challenges. Um, okay, well, um, last year has provo- dropped me a few challenges. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people in creative fields would feel the same pinch. Um, when you're working for many, many years and you get to um, get in the flow and all of a sudden things just go where you end up with 70 shows getting cancelled, you go, okay, this is uh, changes the game plan, so you need to rethink things. Um Thanks, COVID. Uh, the attitude, the <laughs> attitude that you got to take after coming to realization that sometimes things just beyond your control um, is that you first of all have to reshape the your environment to some degree. Um, it's, um, I mean, it can be you know sad from a distance, uh, but at the same time, every challenge creates an opportunity, and we need to think in positive terms. And this is coming from dealing with the situations and overcoming them in my mind and trying to figure out how to solve them. So, for example, come May last year, uh, we started cancelling everything. All the shows that were just booked ahead were cancelled. So for people that were in the same boat, they're probably going like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, man. I was doing the same thing and um, I did not know what to do. Well. I did not know what to do at first. All I was doing for, for a while is just canceling the shows every day. Well, after I got sick of it, well, you had to do it. It's still, still a process. Um, you go, okay, well, I need to rethink what needs to be done next, you know, how we're going to change it. So with the continuation of VJ Union community that, that is and was running, um, I was planning to reposition our, I guess, system and... Um, community publishing tools that needed to be upgraded and evolved. So from, I guess, end of August last year, I, was, I started to develop um, and program new systems for VJ Union. So I and guess Do you want to a explain tr- a little bit about VJ Union for anybody okay, who's sure. maybe so not people, heard about people it? People don't know this. Okay, so VJ Union was a formation um, in the community development space. So I guess... I can lead up to it a little bit before I jump in to explain what we're trying to do now. But the community started off, um, in my journey for, v- for VJing, I, I would uh, start 
coming up to um, Cairns quite regularly at that point, in, in like in my fourth or fifth year in my VJ career. Um, when I got to Cairns, um, um, to which I eventually moved up to a few years back, um, I had I was involved with a lot of events, uh, including Winter Solstice, um, which was um, like a, a, a amazing festival that brought a lot of people together. And uh, it gave me opportunities to start working, not just as a VJ, but also start helping the festival to run visuals for the festival. Mm-hmm. So um, inforeseeably, I became VJ, VJ coordinator of sort um, by asking to artists to come along and helping with the booking processes, etc. So in, 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 that, um, in that form, after a couple of years of doing it, I end up having a good network of friends and colleagues that I've gotten to know across Australia um, that were doing visuals. And we started working together. We would, you know, we'd catch up working at Winter Solstice, then later a Frequency, um, where I was working as a VJ coordinator as well. Um, for me, for first like six, six or something, seven years. Um, so my my journey has led me to connect a lot of people, and I I started thinking a lot about the communities as we have on, on online as a whole. So the worldwide VJ community. At that ta- at that time, there was this uh, uh, website called VJ Central, and the connecting part to it was VJ Forums. That was uh, like a portal for communications for VJs worldwide. My like a regular contribution to it led me to become one of the moderators for the for the for the site, and I was uh, highly involved in just learning and and contributing as much as I can to to the worldwide community. And and my mind was was on a pathway to to look at what we have in Australia because even though I had a some outlook to VJs in Australia, I still hadn't had a really good snapshot of what's really happening. So. I was on ongoing search to figure out what is going on. I did not know um, about any VJs, say, living in uh, South Australia or Western Australia. So, you know, eventually I would build my database and started taking steps towards uh, creating something for Australian community specifically. Um, uh, Move forward a couple of years and um, what really, I think, triggered it was probably... um, one of the festivals that many remember is called Rainbow Serpent. One year we were working at the festival and um, some things didn't work out as they as they should have. And some people weren't super, super happy uh, because the way some artists were you know, treated. And so we thought, well, maybe we should work together and figure out how we can work together. So this, this doesn't happen for the sake of our industry. So we all can be in a one happy environment and artists can also learn how to present themselves and to build better communication better. So VJ Union was partially um, triggered by, by these events and we, we started community on that. Move a few months forward from that. Um, this was based on social media. We had a lot of social media channels, Facebook included and um, other sites. Um, a little bit um, shortly after, we had uh, people from other parts of the world would start come to us, and from Europe especially. And I was like, wow, maybe maybe it's a good idea to have a s- separate channel for people in, of Europe. So we, um, I set up a group channel called VJ Union Europe, 
and that kicked off. Um, and then VJ in USA was born, VJ in Canada, VJ in Russia, and literally I can name 139 countries. And oh, we wow. have a ch channels, <laughs> channels for a large ch chunk of them, um, mostly by regions, um, like Suda America is for South America. Uh, we have a group in Japan, and we have groups in pretty much South, South Africa, in Africa as well. And, uh, and were they all facing the same, sorry to interrupt, the, the same yeah. challenges in okay. needing support as a group on how to navigate communication with festivals, or was it more just about bringing people together and wanting guess, to knowledge share? I guess, I guess the, Everyone's got their own experiences in VJ world and in different cultures, different have different backgrounds to, to certain things. Um, I think ultimately the the ideas of uh, self-respect come from within yourself. That's the first thing. Um, you, you cannot teach someone this from by default, but we, we come as a community to help each other sort through all the technology problems and help each other out in, 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 in that regard the most. I think mm -hmm. that, that's, that's where it sits. So now we're moving forward to um, last year and then, you know, growth of the community over the last decade has been um, tremendous. You know, it's, we, we're looking at maybe 25,000 members plus now in, in, in this environment. And my tra trajectory that I wanted to set for, for us is to, to build our own tools ultimately and to develop communities where everyone can be a teacher and a student because as we go through the journey we find that we we always have something to to teach and we always have something to learn and building communities in in that mindset is something that i started to contemplate and work towards uh, with my partners and friends how so, exciting yeah. yeah so that's what the future holds that's what the future holds absolutely um we 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 feel even though things change and you have to build things to transition from one phase to another. I feel technology is also moving so fast that something that can happen in three months that completely changes everything that you were thinking about a year ago. You know, this, this mm. is a very valid point. I'm, I'm looking at it from the things that I'm seeing. For example, um, the, w the way the web works today is um, largely centralized um, for, for multiple systems and multiple um, tools that we currently use as a whole. Like you know, Most of the social media is centralized and uh, most um, communication systems are centralized that we use, but uh, things are moving to decentralized world and there's a lot of ideas and philosophies that are coming to play in, in that space. So I'm, I'm working, working out the methods to to kind of build our communities to be ready for the future at this point, you know. So, you know, we might be still shifting in the 2.0 version, but there's a 3.0 around the corner. So we're already doing steps in that. So looking at um, like a DAO uh, structures to organizations, um, building dedicated tools that are, live on decentralized web using um, decentralized technologies. Um, looking, building platforms to um, teach and uh, learn, most of which will come in the form of virtual reality. So you can come into a virtual room and teach from class inside of virtual rooms, etc. These things will start to pop up at the end of the year as we go forward. So there's a lot of information that needs to be 
processed, absorbed, organized. And it's not, it's not a job for a single person. I'm, I'm only a head cheerleader, as I call myself. You know, I, I've, I, even though I've started a lot of these things, I, I feel like I'm learning as much as everybody else along the way. You are the Yoda. <laughs> no, Jedi, Kid Kenobi. <laughs> um, perhaps. <laughs> so, I guess this is this is this is the the general vibe at this point. As, 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 and look, challenges that come to you all, at all times. It's it's it, we shouldn't be afraid of them. Like, you know, we should also make mistakes. You know, mistakes are important for your growth. That's how we grow, right? That's how we grow. If you don't make mistakes, it, I, I think everyone should make at least mistake at least once but learn from it do not do it again i don't think you can go through life without making mistakes i think that's it's unrealistic and and i think that's where the biggest growth and learning comes from is often when we make mistakes whether they're big or small it's it's what shows us how we want to move forward in in a different way absolutely correct Mm. with the kind of emerging technologies and Things like that. I mean, it blows my mind. You live and breathe this world. And for me, I'm one of those people who sits on the outskirts and goes, I can see it all happening and everybody's talking about it, but I'm not ready to commit and go deep mm-hmm. into it, like with NFTs and things like that. And yep, yep, yep. I feel like you either get it or you don't get it. I'm probably on the don't get it side, but I okay. know that's probably where we're going to go. Okay. I'm, I'm curious to know, mm. do you see... How or how do you see this integrating with festivals and showing up more in the festival world? Because I'm starting to see like NFTs and more digital activations becoming very prominent at at large shows. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it spreads like wildfire when you've got those kind of visuals on social media so sure, I'm, sure. yeah, I'm keen to hear your perspectives on that. Okay, this is actually probably one of my favorite questions. This far. It's <laughs> perfect hits my hits my points. Um, I will I will try to explain to you and to anybody's listening to um, how those 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 who don't know uh, what's what's happening in the world of um, crypto and NFT art and technologies associated with the future events. Um, I'll take I'll give you my snapshot on it. So, well, first of all. Have no fear about it. In my opinion, uh, tools can be powerful, right? For good or like some people use it for good and some for bad. Um, I think there's a, a lot of good that can come from these technologies. Um, I also feel that events that we have today they can benefit a lot more from um, having additional services added to the festivals because. Um, for a large percentage of promoters out there who run events. They can, they can see the start of the of a of a project to the end, and once the fi- project finishes, it usually finishes, and there's no financial reward afterwards. With virtual events, for example, you can also have ongoing um, monetary income coming in as well, and so can artists. So if you build systems that can allow you to run a show indefinitely as as a virtual ticketing system and artists can have their music performed in that environment as people request requested then you'll you'll have a additional income for for your for your art and that's a really good thing you know so i think that particular part is going to be um, beneficial 
I know that there was a large surge of online events happening because of COVID, right? Because mm-hmm. we couldn't access physical events pretty much That's right. everywhere in the world. Yeah. And my personal perception, and this definitely could be wrong, is that post-COVID, now we have these physical events available to us, mm-hmm. people are keen to get back to the physical in-person experience and there's maybe less appetite for online events. But do Mm -hmm. you think that's different? And maybe it is different based on generation as well. Like Mm -hmm. I would imagine, and this is very much an assumption that I'm making, that Mm -hmm. there's potentially younger generations who are very much more connected to technology than maybe someone like myself. Mm -hmm. And they still love this environment and they're the, they're the kind of generation that are going to drive the larger uptake and continuation of digital events. Um, my, my general snapshot of what has happened, for example, last year when a lot of events came in was that prior to having those events um, coming online, technology behind it has been in development for maybe 10, 10 years, so close to a decade. Even by that stage, technologies was, was was available, but it wasn't as mature enough in uh, technology maturity stake for it to really go oomph, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think last year, because of the the need of the industry, a lot of attention has been given to it. So the last the last year in particular, this is like every single day you have such a crazy amount of innovation coming in from so many angles that we now blossoming. This, this particular industry to the next level. So um, very, very soon we'll start seeing even more amazing quality events online, which, look, it's, it's an option. It's it's not something you must do if you don't want to, but it's an option. It's becoming more um, prominent. You know, yeah, I don't think available. It, sh- it shouldn't be a replacement of physical events. It should be seen as a addition and enrichment for but it's making all, things but accessible. It, but it's not all. But it's not only the the virtual events. The augmented reality is another big part. Um, for example, you can have. Uh, let me see what examples. Um, uh, I don't know if people seen Coachella examples with AR mm-hmm. recently, where they've um, had an implementation of extra virtual elements floating over stages that were visible to people that were watching it on the screen. So the audience that can come to your festival can be streaming the festival. Like for example, like to, events like Tomorrowland, they they have a lot of um, streaming happening all the time, and a lot of people watch it through the streaming rather than being in 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 the, in the audience, you know. Mm. So the same can be applied to how these events can be uh, seen by the audience outside of the the actual festival as well. So this is another area that can be looked into from promoters and creatives, you know, how they can showcase what they're trying to do. So you, you, your imagination doesn't have to stop with what physical abilities allow you. You can literally build any kind of stage that you can plonk in, in the virtual space and align it all and make, make it wow for the audience. Audience might not see it, the whole thing on mm-hmm. in, yep. in the crowd, but audience outside can, can do so. So this, this is another thing to think about. Um, another potential is that... Um, what kind of art you can sell because you know if people like something about the event you can potentially have some of the pieces around the, the festival to be sold as nfts perhaps or 
you know, like an artist can spend four months of doing this particular painting or like installation with flowers. And what what if every flower can be turned into digital and sold later for people to to have as an NFT collection, as a memory or token? You know, these kind of things can also come to play. You know, so it's it's a it's a place where we can open up possibilities, you know, so mm, any, endless, anything possibilities. Can, endless possibilities, you know, but I think it's a, pos- it's a, it's a positive space and we have to learn a lot more about, uh, this, these technologies and mindset, how we operate in this. But if we maintain discussion and think about it, we, we, we're going to get there. Yeah. So it definitely excites you then. <laughs> It's it's on my mind, um, you know. The, the, there's there's the things that you think forward to how things can be, um, and you you also deal with, I guess the the industry mindset as it is now, you know. So innovation in events is something that can grow, but you you take it step by step, you know. So that's and how I we guess, operate. Yeah, mostly. even um, as you touched on for a promoter thinking about visuals and how things get shared across social media, the more they think about that, the more they can have individuals act as their promoters, right? By sharing their content. Absolutely. Um, another, another really important factor to, to mention is that when you take a photo of, of your night, you never hear the music. Mm. Okay. And usually you see the visual representation of the, of the show. Um, the importance of promoting the visual artist is another one and people that are involved in a production because experiences that we have aren't just the musical anymore. You know, this is multi, multi, multi-sensory. You know, um, the, there are a lot of projects that I'm looking forward to, to um, put energies to down the line, which also uh, highlight other senses as well. So this is something down the line, but it's also up ahead. Mm, yeah, I remember reading actually about kind of smell being brought into events more. Mm-hmm. It was actually quite some time ago, and I'm surprised I haven't seen it in a more mainstream way, even in art galleries and things like that, because mm-hmm. I think smell is such a... I mean, all senses are quite invoking and all-consuming, but I think there's just something about... Maybe that's just me. <laughs> there, there, there is a company that, that's actually working in this field already, and they've done some great research. Mm. I can put that in the footnotes for anyone who wants to listen some some links. Yeah, cool. Yeah, share, share, but share. But also, so haptic suits. You heard of haptic suits? It's where you put the body suits like a, it looks like a swimming suit, and it, you can actually trans- transcend the um, sense of touch. Someone feels feels like some, something touching you. Oh, this wow. is all is, is all interesting stuff. You know, I mean, we have to be aware of what what it can do and put it to good. You know, there's a lot of technology that that is um, you know it's almost like. You know, if you if you're cooking yourself in the right temperature, it's good. If you overcook it, it's not good. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think that that is always probably where the fear for some people around technology comes from, because we I, can even if no, you look at things like social there, media, there just no as fear. an example. There's no fear. I think the moment people let go of fear and start thinking positive about it, they change the perception on everything about it. Mm. For example, you know, all it takes is saying. You know, this technology might have helped someone to solve A, B, C, D, you know, and how can I make this technology better for someone that I care about? You know, this, this kind of yes. mindsets, they can 
change everything you think about it. You know, it's that's all. It's in, instantaneous. Yes, it only I takes do. A second. I do agree. In it is about how you frame things as to how you're going to kind of feel about it. But what I do think sometimes comes up as a concern for some people, just from individuals I've spoken to, and I've definitely sat in that space of having sentiments. Like I've worked in social media for a very long time Mm -hmm. and it definitely has a lot of good and Mm -hmm. has opened a lot of doors and connected a lot of people and and things like that but it also does you know like equal for good there is also the bad and i think sometimes when these technologies they're evolving faster than we know how to Mm -hmm. evolve with them and that's where sometimes i think the challenges are in that like social media case in point being that the regulations around it were not in place as highly as they potentially should have been to protect like young people and things like that. And that's Mm. where I think just sometimes people's concern around technology, sometimes that's Mm. where that comes from, is just that we implement these technologies and then we see how Mm. humans react to it. Yeah, and see, then, and then we put in policies and things like that, whereas I don't, don't know what the answer is because we can't always know how people are going to respond to technology. That's a good point. Just, just for a second, think of coming into this mindset from open source point of view. Mm. You, have, you have a concept that you're trying to solve. You've got community that you want to build. You need to sit down with yourself and figure out what's what is the construct that you're dealing with. What are you trying to do? How, what tools do you want to give the audience for them to publish? How do you manage um, this community at uh, ten people, hundred people, five hundred mm. people, three thousand people, ten thousand people, twenty-five thousand people, hundred thousand people, million, hundred million, one billion? Every 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 iteration within that space will will give you challenges, okay? And you need to figure out how to solve this. And this is what big companies deal with, and there's some open source communities deal with. And this is part of ongoing process and dialogue. You know, anyone who's interested in this, they can go out online and search this for themselves and try to contribute and solve those problems. I, I would never put um, this kind of questions to like a regulatory systems. I mean. I guess that this is this is a big question here because if you put all your energy into uh, uh, let's say basket over social media, um, par we've we've grown with the social media, but I, I do see this thing come up in my mind. How do we change the system which respects you, doesn't doesn't take your information, doesn't sell it to a third party, mm. and treats you as a as a you know. A good good citizen, so to so to speak, and gives you the tools that you need to grow as an artist. You know, these these kind of questions that I have in my mind. So, in in the process of developing the systems that we we want to build, I'd like to empower people that we've already grown with to to get extra tools to be extra good Jedi's. You know, that, that's, mm. that's well, that's knowledge bit. knowledge is definitely power. I I'm thinking of it, I guess, somewhat in the um, space of, you know, like young kids who just use social media in general or how much social media has shaped now how we think and how we behave. And that is definitely a, a <laughs> broader topic and question. But Yeah, it is a big question. For, for example, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. I, I was lucky enough to 
begin the the journey with internet as it as, as it was growing. So, yeah. um, but I've come to it even before with uh, you know having like a you know normal phone line with the line that you couldn't there's oh, no yeah, mobile dialogue. phones and <laughs> using using pen and paper to draw with and pen and write with you know f- like so I, I I don't come from a generation of kids who basically got given iPad at the age of two and they, they were f- figuring out how to write an app by the age of three you know this is not my vibe but there are people that are coming up that will do this so we we, we have a mixed pool here you know mm. people have it's different experiences mm. it's about balance yeah but we do need to ask questions how we how we educate um ourselves and people around us um to help them to solve the problems i mean luckily we have a good sets of communities online so anyone who has any question generally if you ask that question online you will most likely have something already out there so you know you form communities from that you try to solve the problems together and you share it back you know that, that's how internet grows and this is how things evolve mm. and knowledge is power it is. it is it is but, but the, the, the more we share it with ourselves the more powerful we become right again <laughs> part of that creative flexing of muscles yes so we've kind of touched on an array of topics is there anything mm. else that you would like to share whilst you've got the mic do you want to give us some intel on any other future plans and adventures that you've got coming up in the pipeline big question i like it um there's a lot of projects that are are in development as as they say nothing is complete it's (laughs) as uh, mark zuckerberg once said the facebook is never done you know the same happens with any other project that live on you know we, we evolve the trajectory that I see uh, working in the space of, say, VJ Union, for, for me, would be to say um, that it will take steps towards tooling in decentralized, autonomous, organizational way. Um, that's the way I, I see it being going for the next 10 years in development. Um, while we w- will be uh, kicking that off, um, the, the sets of projects underneath the umbrella will come that will help multitudes of regions around the world and um, regional development and education and tools around it and um, helping people to upskill on the level that that is required because technology moves so fast you know this is this is a big one Um, i guess this is where the general direction will go from that point of view on the personal front i have ongoing uh, my, my thing is like ongoing research continue the research that they say so the, re- the research in technologies and experimentation with augmented reality, virtual reality, learning programming to uh, make things work on um, blockchain or holochain, uh, incorporating visuals into the browsers, uh, because browsers are the biggest screen there is, you know, people need to remember that. Um, this is probably the, the kind of like a quick snapshot of this. Um, and then it, it can definitely go into different categories. Um, I have a quick question that just came ahead. to mind. Yeah. Just when you were talking about yeah, different ways in which you might be exploring creativity. Have you ever, with your um, visuals, have you ever done 3D projections? Or has it always been more on the screen? Uh. 
Um, yes, I have done. Um, six years ago, there was a festival called, it still is, called Sci-Fi. Um, it's in a place called The Warden. Um, and well, I was working uh, with the uh, resort crew. Um, we were doing projections on, um, I would call it a fountain of sort. So it's a, 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 the water pump would be placed in the middle of the lake. Mm-hmm. And the water would pump in the air and the projections would go through it. Um, and that would give you like a really interesting point of view because it, uh, projections going through it just created like a three, 3D feel, you know. So if you p- place like a image of a wired, wired object or something, it w- would literally feel like it's floating in, in the air. That was incredible. So we've done that for over like six days that mm. we had to do it. So that was one. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a set of projects that um, where you utilize mapping, etc. So you got a um, number of objects on the stage that you, you know, take time to to wrap around and put into your programs, and then you set animation parameters to run through them. That that's um, there's a few of those. It made me uh, kind of think of the gorillas execution you know where they put their characters did you ever see that i think so remind me which one because the gorillas i know i don't know what i i don't think it was for a specific song i think it was for a specific show or maybe tour but they projected the gorillas characters on stage i've seen that one and i I guess it's a bit likened to how they've done projections of is it like Tupac and Michael Jackson where it looks like there's a person on the stage but yeah, when yeah, it came yeah. to gorillas it was holograms that's a hologram technology for that yeah, yeah sorry yeah. hologram is probably the better description oh, hologram 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 okay hologram hologram I, I, I would anyone who wants to do hologram show I'm happy to do it tomorrow um it's just <laughs> a hologram is a very expensive um material right so it's a i think it's $10,000 per square meter or something like that Wow. So it's not cheap, but it's possible. There, there are other ways to approach this. There's, you can also use mirrors mm. and strong, project, uh, strong, strong LED lights as well to have a um, similar kind of results in some cases. But generally, hologase is the key. Um, the, I'm trying to think of this other example that has got something similar. Ah, there, was a, there was a club in Japan, in Tokyo, I believe, that had... Um, I think I, I can't remember exactly um, the the screen they had at front, but it was basically reflecting the, the LED in front was placed in such an angle that it would reflect onto like see-through screen, and then it would showcase everything like it's floating. Really cool effect, and it wasn't hologram from memory. So, and this mm. was a while ago. This was maybe five six years ago. Yeah. But this this this. Systems are out there. It's all possible. I mean, yeah. Just if, if, when you were talking, wanna, it kind of made me. If one of people create it, that's just like you know, let's let's write a budget. If you got if you got budget <laughs> to do this, well, let's go. You know, it's not a problem. And thinking, yeah, about the future. Is there anything that you would like to see change in change. relation to festivals specifically, whether that's for the better or we need to stop doing certain things? Okay, I, 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 super, super simple straight off the bat. Um, communication with the visual artists and promotion of visual artists from the day one, straight up every every single time because you, you a lot of time you have uh, music, 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 music. You don't even have ability to contemplate this art behind it. You know, some artists can get um, good recognition. You, you plonk their name on the, the, the page and it sort of makes sense. But 
if people don't promote artists, then how do promoters artists get known? So this is this is this is the communication that um, should should be addressed by everybody who works in the industry. You can get much much more, more interesting results. Um, like in, in engagement parts on some of the social medias in the past, people would ask, who would you like to see? Like it's esoteric next. Back in the day, Taz was the number one reply. This is this is the thing with some shows, you know, but. It doesn't always happen, but I think this is um, something to look forward to and have a communication and discussion over. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. Maybe my last question that we can mm-hmm. round out on, unless you've got anything else you'd like to say, is what do you think is the benefit and reason for festivals in culture and society today? Wow. Um, this is a <laughs> big and question again. I, I, you live the big for last. Um, there is a, l- a lot of benefit. I mean, like let's let's just look at. Okay, we're not talking about festival festival. We're talking about who we are. We are social creatures. Mm. We need to come together. We need to share this experience of life together. You know, the, the more the more we connect, um, the more we learn, the more we share. I mean, everyone has got their own. You know, bubble wrap around the head sometimes the way that the world they live in. But at the same time, if you take it off once in a while and go and enjoy yourself among your friends and new friends and all the all the amazing art and things you experience, it it, it literally is um, like a, you know cherry on top of your life. You know, this is this is what life is about. The more cherries on top you have, the more bright and colorful your life is, in my opinion. You know? mm, that's a beautiful way to put it. You like that? Thank you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But there's Amazing. benefits. There's more benefits. I mean, benefits are tremendous. You know, there's a. How can you, you know, think about like what benefit can meeting someone? You you could you could meet your partner of your life at the festival. You could um, make a, a friend for life that becomes your creative body and then you make the most amazing art and take on the world together you know you you can have anything you know this is just a small snapshot but anything can happen you know but it it can be seen as absolutely positive experience for everybody Mm. and the more positive experiences you have the more cool stuff happens in the world exactly the more we evolve and the more we can share and flex those creative muscles right of course amazing well Thank you so much for finding the time to chat and definitely taking me on a journey of more tech and what it means to be a visual Jedi. So, yeah, I would just like to say thank you so much for coming on and and having a chat and sharing your journey with everyone and knowledge. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Vicky. You were wonderful. And thank you for hosting me today. It was wonderful. Amazing. That's a wrap. All right. It's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in to Creative Connectors. Hopefully you enjoyed the chat. If so, please subscribe, share with friends, support the community and tune into the next one.